0: Star Wars geek girls They're geek girls that like Star Wars And sometimes cry. Psst.
1: By this time, I had written uh, a very long script. It came to the reality that I was going to have to cut this into three pieces. The Force is the core of Star Wars and you have to be careful when you answer too many questions about it. And
0: Concept design I think is so critical, I mean it's something that perhaps is underappreciated because it sets the template, it sets the aspirational goal for what the movie should be. Um, so, hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the, the, the Forces Behind Star Wars podcast. This is going to be episode 15. Uh, the whole theme for tonight is family, and I am super, super, super uh, excited to let you know that we've got a bunch of guests for all of you tonight. Um, and for those of you who, who don't recognize my voice, this is, this is Ken Bishop,
2: and I want to give my, my partners in crime an opportunity to introduce themselves. I'm Demetrius Romanos, back for another awesome episode. Super excited about tonight.
3: Oh, Anthony gone, and I'm excited that Demetrius is excited. And I'm also excited about the two people we have with us tonight.
0: Yeah, and so there's been a, a convergence in the force. And uh, tonight's <laughs> episode is going to bring together folks from three different
3: podcasts.
4: Excited. You just
0: heard about the, the guys from the, the forces behind Star Wars. And we have two special guests. We have... Mike Hinton from the Curita Cast and Zoe Hinton from Star Wars Geek Girl. So, Zoe, would you be kind enough to, to introduce yourself to everybody for us, please?
4: Uh, yes. Hi, I'm uh, Zoe Hinton. I run the Star Wars Geek Girl podcast with my best friend Lizzie Perales, who's also on the Rogue Rebels podcast with her family. Um, I'm. I'm really excited to talk about the podcast tonight. I still remember before you even started your podcast at Mando Armor Parties, when you would talk about starting a podcast. So I'm really excited to finally be on the podcast now that it's a thing. Oh, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm excited.
1: <laughs> and I'm Mike Hinton, uh, co-host of the Karita Cast, where my my co-host Colin and I are both from kind of different generations, but we talk about Star Wars from a costuming aspect and most of the time um we, we go off on little tangents but we at least try to talk about the costume and i also help zoe with hers occasionally um she's my offspring so <laughs> I, I try to you know and i met ken in an armor party a random armor party uh as well so
0: well let's let's really be honest here mike you're the you and zoe are the reasons for this show so at that armor party, I talked it up, and the, the, the both of you were kind enough to explain and describe things, and after randomly bumping into to Anthony in a Target.
4: Yeah, um, that's, the best, to,
0: that's the best story ever. Just <laughs> decided that this, it, was, it was time. The stars were aligned, and with your guidance, with Zoe's inspiration, we, we created ex- this show, and uh, now we're all together. And so we often ask when we, we've had guests on before, we've asked them, what are the aspects of Star Wars that, that you are most connected with? So, Mike, because you were the last one to introduce yourself. What is it about Star Wars that you feel so connected to?
1: Uh, see, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have experienced life before Star Wars. And, and it, it just hit me at the right time. Like, I wish I would have known it was going to change my life before I went and saw it. You know, because it was just like a hey, we're going to the movies, we're going to see Star Wars. And I think what hit me, I, I say this a lot, is Luke Skywalker, who isn't even my favorite character. Um, he was the first character I saw that didn't live with his parents and they didn't make a big deal about it. Where I grew up living with my grandparents in the 70s. And it, it's that little thing that they'd hooked me in. And then once I saw Stormtrooper armor, I, I, I was in love. <laughs> How about you, Zoe?
4: Uh, I think, I guess, like, about Star Wars generally, I think, like, the themes of family have always brought me in. You know, I like, guess I think, like, Rebels, I think, manifests itself most for me for that connection because it's, you know, a family that's not technically related, but they, you know, it's not really about that. It's about, like, their the love and the bond that they have. And just, you know, in general, even in, you know, like in Return of the Jedi, Luke Luke's love for his father is what, really saves the day in that movie you know and I think like those themes about about love and, and connection are what what always bring me back to Star Wars at the end of the day
2: How about you Demetrius oh my god so I, we've talked about this in the past like for me Star Wars has sort of always been there it's been there my whole life I, it came out when I was five um, you know I, my brother and my dad took me to see it. And then in particular, what hooked me was that Empire Strikes Back came out on my birthday. And so from then on, Star Wars and my birthday just became a thing. And it became an event with my family, going to see these things together. Uh, and, you know, it's there's something so amazing. I can't think of anything else that has been with me my entire life and is always kind of this like... This might sound corny, but like a safe place. Like anytime I'm having like a crappy day, or if I'm feeling down, or when we were in college with Anthony, we'll hear college stories. Like it was almost always playing in the background on a television in somebody's apartment or dorm room. Like mm-hmm. it's just always been there, as like this trusted friend. Um, it's a narrative I can fall into, uh, and if we get to it, I I was just in Death Valley. We were talking about this before we hit record, and I got to hit some of the spots. It was the first time I've actually like been to Star Wars and it was you know I'm 48 years old I'll be 49 next but it's still like life-changing to be able to have these experiences so that's I, I don't know where to begin or end how about you Anthony
3: I didn't know how important it was until I actually interviewed for a job at, at Hasbro I believe it or not so when I graduated college um, in 1995 one of the things that you do, you know, you, you have the interviews and, you know, why do you want to work with Kenner? And one of the stories, well, the story I told was um, when I was living in the Bronx, my family didn't have a lot of money. And uh, we had seen Star Wars. I'm two years older than Demetrius. Uh, you know, the long lines in New York City theaters, hot, humid. I, and I, I, we came home and we had all the Star Wars figures there. Well, whatever we had, we had a lot of Star Wars figures there. And it wasn't until I got older and I, I don't want to tear up, but it was, wasn't was until I got older that I realized that, you know, we didn't have any money and how much money it would have cost my parents to get those things for me. Right. Like, you know, I didn't think about it until that job interview. So they're asking me, like, Kevin Mauer, Demetrius is asking me, like, why do you want to work here? And I said, because I want to bring happiness to other people like I had that day and you know, you, you have a family that worked really, really hard and had nothing and bought these figures for you that you just accepted but without thinking, where did they come from? And it was when I, I got to Kenner that I realized that, you know, I want to bring happiness to other people. So, you know, Demetrius will, will admit I take my job very seriously, as he does. Um, and we don't take, we, we don't work jobs to work jobs. We work jobs to make people happy. And that started with the realization that somebody took their job seriously enough. Uh, and I think it was people that we know, you know, like uh, Tim Effler and, and uh, Mark Boudreaux uh, took their job seriously enough to make us happy, took a chance on uh, a toy line that nobody else wanted, uh, that changed all of our lives. So that was my first instance that, that not only did it connect me to Hasbro Kenner, but it connected to me, to my parents who made the sacrifice to, to spend the money to, to get me those toys at a very early age it's and so how did how did the two of
0: you mike and so how did you take that love of star wars and and transform it into the the podcast that you have how did that happen
4: well i for me i remember um my dad when you know when he would go to work all the time he started listening to to star wars podcasts because he was sick of the news listening to the news so he'd listen to star wars instead and then you know, I think I was, like, 13, 14, and, you know, I, and I still will, but I will, like, could always talk your ear off about Star Wars, like, at any point, point. and, you know, so I was, like, talking all the time about Star Wars, he's like, you should start one of those podcasts, like, these people that are, you know, all these people are doing it, and I didn't want to at first. I'm very glad he made me do it, because, you know, I love it now, but, yeah, that's how it was for me. My dad just kind of encouraging me into it you
1: know. <laughs> well, and I, it was, she was even younger when the Clone Wars um, car, uh, movie came out. The Clone Wars movie came out. Uh, the 501st, we, we trooped the midnight opening of the toys. You know, we stood out front and, you know, entertained the people while they waited to come in. And as a thank you, um, Toys R Us gave us a poster with all the, the canner mini or the Lego mini figs. Oh, wow. And, so I had this poster rolled up sitting in the office at home. And um, I was going to, you know, get a frame, all those things you plan to do with posters. And Zoe would get on my computer. She would roll it out and she would act out all. She would record it on the computer and act out all this. And I, and, and, and I listened to the podcast a little bit then too. And I, I bugged her a little bit. Hey, you should do, uh, you know, a podcast and she didn't really listen back then. She, you know, she was a kid, but with Zoe, she would school. We would be at a Star Wars event and there's always that guy that knows everything and kind of wants a show and And he'd start talking to Zoe and I would just put my hand in my head and I was like, Oh, that poor bastard, you know, because she was, she was going to wreck whatever he said with facts, you know, cause she, I mean, Zoe was consuming Star Wars, you know, as a comic book guy I used to hate giving her comic books cause she would cut out all the ads you know, so she could read a comic book, but, but she, she just loved star Wars. My youngest daughter loves star Wars too. My youngest daughter is just way quieter than, um, Zoe, but, and I just pushed her for podcasts because there's, there's a lot of good podcasts out there, but there was a lot of just people saying the same thing. and, And Zoe had a different perspective. So she started her podcast and then she met Lizzie, um, Lizzie was what your sixth episode? I think,
4: yeah. Sixth episode. So we both did Sabine costumes.
1: I come upstairs. She's been she's been on the phone with Lizzie for six hours. I'm like, I can't edit a six hour <laughs> podcast. And she's like, No, we're best friends now. And so we we scrapped the whole show. Similar, I know you guys changed up what you were doing with your show. We scrapped those first six episodes, and it became Lizzie and Zoe's show, just because it it, it just it was better. Yeah. natural progression
3: did you guys ever one of the things that really fascinates about fascinates me about your family um and i'm very envious of your family right because i always want my family to have the same star wars love as i do but it's not working in my house did you (laughs) did you start with only Star Wars, was it ever anything else? Was it like any other properties, or was it only Star Wars? That, that it was. Guys... It
4: was only Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, you know, we would watch. He'd show me a little bit of like 60 Spider-Man, or he'd talk a little bit about Star Trek, especially before like Clone Wars came out, and we had new Star Wars. But no, it was always, it's always Star Wars. I always had plenty of Star Wars books and and comics to look through and toys. <laughs>
3: He, well, do you still enjoy other things, though, besides Star I do. Wars? Yeah. I
4: do, definitely. But yeah, she's well rounded. Star Wars is always, always the main one.
1: I'm not. I'm not well rounded. <laughs> uh, I mean, I like other stuff too, but it, it always comes back to everything gets compared to Star Wars. Like, we started playing Dungeons and Dragons a couple weeks ago as a family, you know, online with some friends. That's great. But it's still, it's still, it's everything's always referred to as Star Wars. Like, you know, like Star Wars is that, is that sounding board. And when, when Zoe was little, I had never been around a kid before. Yeah. I mean, I I was, I went to school to be a teacher, but, but um, I I hadn't had, didn't have a job yet. And so I was never around little babies. So when she was born, we didn't have any money. So I would just put on Star Wars because I could at least do something while I was trying to get her to sleep. (laughs) That was like your
3: original (laughs) Yo Gabba Gabba. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, you know and and then she, you know we had I had the droid cartoon on uh, DVD. I think Zoe actually might have saw the first couple movies on on VHS. so you start you're starting to get in that old age, Zoe um because oh, I couldn't afford this stuff. <laughs> yeah, but uh yeah, I mean we have you know Zoe likes Harry Potter and you know stuff like that, but it, it all it all seems to always fall back and I think the costuming I think, like, I joined the 501st. Mm. I owned a comic book store in the 90s. Um, oh, wow. And I, and I wanted a, yeah, I was in a very good business. I, I, I opened a comic book store basically the same year the internet was getting big. It wasn't a good, uh, you know, I, I, I made some mistakes. But um, I always wanted Stormtrooper armor. And uh, when, when we finally, you know, got our life in order, I went back to school. And we bought the house we're in now. We, we had been saving for so long so we we kind of like could take a breath and my wife was just like why don't you buy that stormtrooper armor you've wanted your entire life mm. you know and so then i researched it and the 501st or whatever costuming group you're in it gave like a little more purpose than just having a suit of you know just having like stormtrooper armor stand there um and then i did it and i think the girls was it the first one i did we did a uh Make Make a wish. wish. Make a wish for a child that probably, you know, wasn't didn't have long. And they 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 broadcast it before the days of YouTube. You had to have this weird link and watch it on a little tiny. And the girls loved it. So I was like, well, let's get the girls involved with Jawas. And the funny thing is, I bought the Jawa robes from Chris Bartlett, from the guy who's in The Mandalorian. Oh, wow. And it plays, he plays like the droids. Ah, uh, that Chris Bartlett. I've become friends with Chris Bartlett due to buying their Jawa robes back in 07, I think it was, when I when the girls started. So it's like full circle. So <laughs> I, I I mean, it's just been one of those things that it, it's just it's I I feel lucky. I feel super lucky that I've always had something to do with my children at all ages. They've been Zoe's been doing this since she was seven, right? Seven six. or six. I've been in
4: this way since I was six years old. Like yeah. Copcy and Andor.
1: And Safi, my youngest, has been doing it since she was four. Um, now, Safi has it a little harder because we have to bolt her into her costume. you yeah, uh, well, tell Anthony and Demetrius and oh, like, all of our listeners which costume you're talking about. She yeah. does triple zero, <laughs> the, triple zero. It's basically the black C-3PO, exactly. which she will have C-3PO this summer. Um, yeah,
4: because she claimed it. She gets all the best protocols. Yeah, yeah and, and she gets
3: to act evil inside the
4: outfit.
1: Yeah. Oh wait. Uh, well, that is a little. She has a little bit. Of, well, this yeah, is. And she's it,
4: always like the more like villainy characters, even more <laughs> kids.
1: There's Zoe's next one right there. Uh, the um, as I'm I point, get- as I point on an audio podcast, um,
2: K3PO. <laughs> the white one.
4: Yeah, the me. white one. So well, that you, you guys must not radio. have
2: any claustrophobia issues because I think I would die in one of those things.
1: <laughs> I I like when with Safi, it's 45 minutes to bolt her in Wow. on, on a fast, on, if I'm doing it fast and it has to go, like, we've done it. We've done it so well that we have it down. But when we started, we get three quarters done and we like, Oh, we forgot to put this on. So it's 25 minutes off, you know? So when we went to celebration um, in Chicago, it was the first time she ever put it on. And I was petrified because she had worn it as practice, but she had never worn a complete suit. She wore that thing for four hours the one day, straight through, and the, the only air you get is through the little mouth and the little holes in the eyes. That's amazing. So, and that Zoe will be trying that. See, Zoe does Sabine. Those Mandos, they can they can I run around and it. jump and stuff <laughs> like that.
3: Can, can I just say something? I, I, so, part of what's magical about Star Wars is that all of us know that it's not real, and yet there's that leap where we decide that it is real right like and we know what we're talking about right like we know that yep, it's not real. you yep. know the people that make it we know that you know all that stuff and then we say okay well that's fine but then it is real when we decide that it is real and when we decide that it's real we kind of look up to these people and look up to the stories and whatnot and when i see you guys and i am not kidding in any way uh besides being extremely jealous of all the outfits and it, i see the enthusiasm that is as real as anything i've seen in, from any actor from any director from any from anyone you know you guys are as to me as star wars as star wars is itself i don't see any difference in what you guys are doing than what they're doing on a set of the mandalorian i view you guys as the same from an outsider's point of view thank you year.
4: That's the, so just nice. <laughs> I know that's
3: so nice. Well, oh, we're not done. There's more. <laughs> you're living. You're living the life that that was. You know, you're living the ultimate life. Around, look, I tell my kids all the time. Right, they're 14. All of this stuff around us is fake. You know, money's fake. Political beliefs are fake. You know, who chooses to to be a mailman and who trains the mailman? Like all this stuff, we just made it up. All society, we made it up. So we have the choice now. To sort of live in the fantasies and the realities that we want. And some some people have a trouble stepping into that because they're like, ah, you know, it's corny. I don't want to do it. You guys are full blown into it. And and not only am I envious, but I'm an end, you know, I really, really look up to you guys because you you have the wherewithal to not give a crap what anybody else thinks about what you're
2: doing. Well, and I might argue it's even bigger than the actors and the directors because you're bringing it to life physically, right? You're making it real for others. It's not just going to a movie for a couple of hours and then chucking your popcorn thing in the bin on the way out. Like you, you show up and people are like, holy crap, that's a real stormtrooper. This is like the real deal. Yeah. You, you, all disbelief is suspended. It doesn't matter how old you are. You, the minute you see that, you're just like, you're hooked
3: anytime somebody Maybe. has a real authentic looking outfit it's like a reality reality distortion field right it's like yes i am in the middle of a hospital yes i'm in the middle of whatever but this is a real stormtrooper that somehow got zapped in here so <laughs> you know wow <laughs> what's
0: been your coolest experience as uh dressing up as, as sabine zoe sabine oh
4: there's a lot i, I think I mean just in general I think like any time where I'm interacting with kids and they know who I am because like most kids even most adults are like oh cool like pink girl Boba Fett and I'm like yeah sure (laughs) but like when a kid knows who you are and they're like oh my god it's Sabine that's like the best feeling ever and especially like like little girls you know because they're you know I mean it's changing now but for a while there weren't as many like female leads in Star Wars and I think getting to like see them be so excited to be like whoa like a girl in like Star Wars armor And just having those interactions, I, if the kids are like slightly older, I like, I'll be like, oh, do you want to like hold a blaster or like, like wear my helmet? And they, that's always really uh, exciting for them. And it's exciting for me to see them get excited because I definitely felt, especially, I mean, I still do every time I wear it, but especially the first time I put it on, I was like, oh my God, I'm Sabine," you know? And so getting to just share a little bit of that with, with kids, it's always, I can't think of a specific instance right now, but that just generally is always like one of my favorite things, doing troops and stuff.
1: <laughs> and I get to watch. Like, I love being a stormtrooper because I can just stand at attention and I get a first row of seeing my kids do this, you know? And and back to what you were saying about like the reality and, and knowing it's true. And and so I don't know if me and Zoe have even talked about this part, but like when we went to Orlando, um, my wife's mother died and and my, my daughters were very close to her. And not soon after that, my wife's um, brother died and then my wife's niece died. And then a little while after that, her father died. And I think Star Wars is one of those things where you can test your emotions, where like you might see someone crying over a fictional character. And you're like, why is that person crying over that fictional character? It's not real. You know, you can rewind it. But I think it lets you, you know, experience those emotions without you know, having having to like go through it every time because sometimes like all that pain, the worst part about the pain is when you just want people not to ask you if you're okay. Right. You know, and and, and so Star Wars helps you, like like I, I lost my grandparents. Star Wars, it just ran through my mind. I was just like, okay, you know what what can I what can I do you know to to just get through this, and and then you can like like uh, when we see the Star Wars movies. Zoe's notorious for crying. Like <laughs> Saffy, and this this shows why Saffy does triple zero. You would think she would give her sister a hug. No, she brings. What did she bring? A box and said <laughs> <She rubbed>. Zoe. <laughs> yeah, it did a label:
4: Zoe's tissues. I think that was Rogue One. Yeah,
1: Rogue one. one.
4: Rogue One or the Last Jedi.
1: <laughs> but you can have fun with those emotions and have those discussions that you don't want to have because you want things to be kind of normal. And I think I think fandom of all kinds, but in in our case, Star Wars is what helps us do that. Um, And then back, I'm going to answer the question when you said about Sabine. Um, My best time watching her with Sabine is when you see a little girl and Zoe's hand in her helmet. And I'm the guy who paints the helmet. I'm thinking, oh, God, you know, but I'm so happy that 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 I've taught my children that if that little girl drops the helmet, I'll be sad. But you know what? Some little kid got to, you know, try out because there's a lot of people that make stuff but then they want to put that velvet velvet rope above it. And I'm not saying, we're, there's tons of people like us. It's not, we're not, we're not unique in that. But I, I love to watch my kids do that. Like Safi in Triple Zero, seeing her bend down, which I know is extremely painful to, to shake a little kid's hand, you know. Um, that's where the fun goes, you know.
3: I, I remember we were at the conventions, one of the first conventions I went to, and we were talking about, Mike, you're talking about emotion. And I remember when I've learned about R2, uh KT. KT QT?
1: Yeah. K K kt, KT, KT 3 yeah. P, KT. Yeah. I think I, I, I think two, R2, he has two different
3: names. She has two different
1: yeah. names. One is the real one and the
3: other is the one in the show, right?
1: Right. Yeah. There's there's one that's like looks similar, but um, yeah.
3: What a heartbreaking story that is. And what right. a what a great way. Every time I see the pink R2 unit. I get emotional because I, I can't imagine what that person went through the parents. yeah, have Kate, you know, R2KQT sit next to his his daughter as she died. And then to have, I just can't even imagine that pain. But I, I, I think Star Wars, I mean, I, I don't know them, but I, I think Star Wars has probably helped them at least cope with some of that, you know, by being able to help others.
1: Well, and Alvin, the gentleman who has that story's from he's the one that founded the 501st oh wow so so he had founded the 501st before that and then when his daughter got sick so he it he he gives back you know and again it's it's it every fan does it at whatever level if they're a good person you know it could be that it could be that person who just lends it or gives a neighbor a book because hey i finished this book or hey you know here's my old dvd and it could be like there's no level of fandom like I choose to have costumes you know that's that's just my thing um somehow pops got in my house which (laughs) I'm going to try to get rid of those but but I I like yeah they're like they're like what are they tribbles on Star Trek
4: well you get like because we signed up for like what like the smuggler's bounty box well no for the first one was like the first order right and they sent us the box but it had two of the special TIE Fighters and no Chrome Phasma. Yeah, yeah, so we yeah. oh, wow. were like, hey, can we have
1: the... Yeah, we don't care about the value. Two. We just want Phasma.
4: Yeah, can you send us I mean. the Chrome Phasma? And they sent us two more boxes. And then for like several months after that, every month they sent us like two of each box. Yeah. And we don't need
1: this. But that's where, but again, that's where the so fandom comes in. Like, like, you know, I try to help as many people as I can. I mean, it's it's my, I've taken, I've taken Star Wars in, even into my classroom um it was it was harder to put it in my classroom before the new movies came out because kids were like yeah it's, it's just been. but i used i usually use i can't now with covid but i used to take my armor in once in a while and let like, kids try it on like i had two students that one, one day wanted to stay after and we suited them up as a stormtrooper and they walked around the building we took pictures and one of those probably like two years ago so he had been out of school he just finished college he sent me a message back and just re- remembered that what we did i you know so it's, it's a little easier now, but I, I Star Wars up everything in my classroom just because I want kids to, it, they don't have to like Star Wars. But well, it's again, interesting,
0: you know, that, that brings us to a, a very interesting piece about Star Wars. And, you know, on this show, we talk a lot about how George Lucas created these things way back then to teach lessons, lessons to kids. Um, and so with that idea in mind, as it Relates to family. What do you think? Some of the lessons that George and and all the other makers have tried to teach related to family.
1: As the crowd goes silent. Yeah. Well, I I mean that's a it, that's question. a lot.
3: <laughs> Massive question. Yeah. yeah, think about that. <laughs> well, yeah. going,
1: going back to my introduction, when it, when it, Luke had, because um, my fam, you know, I know I don't know if we're going to mess with the segments of the show, but. But the family, Luke and his uncle and aunt, I love that. But then I mentioned, I think, to you, Chewie and Han were like the family I loved growing up. Because, like, I was I was raised by my grandparents. So I was pretty much by myself all the time. So yeah, you just had to make a friend, you know. And that friend, like, like we didn't have pets or anything, you know. So when I was doing stuff, I just pretended Chewie was with me, you know. And when I when I was older, um. I knew I had a Star Wars problem because even as like a 20 year old, (laughs) um, I was rebuilding a furnace for my grandfather. And it was so it was I don't know if anyone's ever rebuilt a furnace when you don't know what you're doing. It's not fun. We have not. So in my mind, I was pretending I was working on a hyperdrive. Now, if I would have told someone that they would have probably thought I was insane. But it's what kept me. It's what kept me in there for like four hours covered with soot trying to, you know, rebuild a furnace that I had no clue what I was doing. So your, your story is interesting because, you know, you mentioned, you know, Han and
0: Chewie. For those of you listeners who don't know, they're not really related. Right. You know, so, so family doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, blood. It doesn't have to be uncle, aunt, brother, sister. It can be the people that you choose to bring into your life and, yeah. and spend your time with.
4: Yeah. And that's something I love. I mentioned Rebels earlier. definitely has that. And obviously I am very close to, you know, my parents and my sister, like my blood family, but I'm also really close to a lot of people I'm not related to. And I consider them my family too, you know, and just, it's just who, you know, you choose to connect with. And that's, that's why, you know, like in Rebels, Clone Wars a little bit, I think with like Ahsoka and Anakin and Obi-Wan. And then even in, in the sequel trilogy, you know, like I wrote fairly recently on on our website, I wrote about why I love Ray taking the Skywalker name and mm-hmm. essentially becoming a part of that family, even though she's not, you know, like blood related. She's still a true Skywalker, in my mind, at least, because that's the family she she identifies with and the people she cares for are the Skywalkers. So,
3: by the way, that was an excellent article. And, it, and it, we, we posted <laughs> that on our Forces Behind Star Wars podcast. Uh, one of the posts that we put out. It's an excellent article that you wrote about that. Thank you.
1: I wish I could write like Zoe.
3: So do I. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, One of the things that's interesting to me, we were talking about extended family, right? So I, I've been to the last, I don't know, five or six, seven Star Wars celebrations. And I don't think I've ever felt more at home instantly without trying to fit in than those Star Wars celebration, those crowds, right? Like you just... It's hard to explain, and we're trying to get Nietzsche to go to one of them this uh, upcoming year, right? It's it's one of those things where you know that everybody there has the exact same likes and passions that you do. You don't always have to agree on the exact movies and who your favorite characters are, but in my life, I don't think I've ever been in part of any group that I was so well-connected to where I felt like all of the
1: Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Star Wars Geek Girl. It's an odd episode and me and Zoe were guests on the podcast, The Forces Behind Star Wars podcast and um, it was a privilege to be interviewed by Ken, Anthony and Demetrius. So if you want to hear the whole episode, you can find it on The Forces um, Behind Star Wars podcast. Uh, It is their episode 15. It's on iTunes, wherever you find your podcast. Or we're going to run, we split it up into three episodes, and we're going to run the next two uh, back-to-back on Star Wars Geek Girls podcast. So thanks again for listening, and uh, check out their podcast. Thanks again to Ken, Anthony, and Demetrius for having us on.
0: Star! Wars geek girls. They're geek girls that like Star Wars. And sometimes cry.